The world seems so unstable, so insecure. Everything is changing way too fast. But there are some things that are steadfast, things that never change. God and His Word. Join us as Pastor Randy Rehm shares truths from God's unchanging Word. Here's the next four. Okay, so four. This is what God does, the Father. This is what the Son does. In particular, one of the things the Father does is raise the dead and give life. The Son does the same by His own will. Four. Here's the next one. For the Father judges no one. Stop. What? Yeah, people use that, by the way, all the time to twist Scripture. Mm -hmm. But He's given all judgment to the Son. So who gets to do the judging? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's given them authority to raise the dead and give life. He's given them the authority to now bring death. Judgment. It isn't God who sends anybody to hell. It's Jesus. Yeah, I did say that. The guy that loved you so much, he died on the cross, is the same God that will send you to hell. The same one. Okay? Matter of fact, that's what the book of Revelation is about. Not what the number, let's figure out the mark of the beast. What's the number? Is it going to be in your forehead? Who is the beast? Who is the Antichrist? That's not the point. The point is Jesus Christ, the same one who came and died on the cross for the sins of those he would will to bring life to. That same Jesus who loved, that man killed his fleshly body, the son of man part, which is mentioned here, that same Son of Man will return, and He's the one who will bring Jen. So Jesus Christ, the Savior, is also Jesus Christ, the just judge, by the authority of the Father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know how they treated you, so, so you get to judge them. Okay? Before you get going too far, though, I want you to understand... That this seems to contradict John 3.17. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through Him might be judged. Well, God's not didn't send Him here to judge, but now He's going to judge. We have to understand that in verse 18 of 3, it says, yeah, by the way, those who don't believe are already judged. Jesus didn't come to earth to judge because those who don't believe are already judged by themselves. You heard me talk about this last week. Everybody goes to hell because that's what they wanted. They don't want God. They don't, want, they don't care about Him. They don't care about Him. Good, then I'll give you eternity without Him. I'm going to be honest. His judgment is this. Here's what I judge. I judge that you get what you want. That's already done. You've already decided it. He doesn't have to judge you. You did it in that sense. Okay? What's intriguing is life, the Father, raises the dead and brings life, so do I. Okay? Life, salvation, is solely on the initiative of God. When I say God now, I mean the Trinity here. All right? But those who are judged are done so on their own initiative. Get this. Let me put it another way. Everybody in this room deserves to go to hell by your own initiative. 
by your own rejection of God, by your own behavior, by your own sinfulness. But who he brings life to, that's not on his initiative. People get confused in this idea. All right? So if there's 20 people in a room, and they're all guilty of the crime, and the judge lets two off, gives them grace and mercy, was there any injustice? No. The, everybody that was judged got justice. The other two got mercy and grace. That's not injustice. It's not the same. Injustice is wrong justice. And God, God is always a just to judge. Okay? And the justice is this, that Jesus Christ took the punishment of the two. Well, that's not fair. I think he should have took the punishment for everybody. We call that universal atonement. That on the cross died for all the people in the room. Well, well if he died for all the people in the room... Was the cross efficacious for what it was intended? Was, did it accomplish what it was intended? Well, if he did, intended to save everybody, then it didn't work. Well, so how's it, here's how they go. Well, the intent of the cross was to give everybody the opportunity. That's funny. On the cross, Jesus said, it's finished. Well, now it's probable. Well, now they got the... No, it's finished. The purpose of the cross was finished on the cross. Oh, we don't, I know we don't like it, but just remember, when you're judged, it was you. That's exactly what you wanted. And he's given Jesus the right. Now, what's interesting is it says he gives that right to the Son of Man to judge. Now, the Son of God, the Son of God, the Son of God. Also, the Son does. Oh, the Son of Man. He came as a man. To walk in human form, which you heard me talk to the kids about, to make sure you understand it was a physical body that resurrected. It was a physical body that came. It was a physical human being, Adam, who brought sin. It was a physical perfect human, Jesus, who came and walked. It was humanity that judged him. Therefore, the Son of Man is the judge. Yeah, it's a little deep on the theology side, I know. Why? Why did God give the Son of Man the authority to judge? Why did he say, here, I'm going to take this and you do it? Why did he do that? So that. See how you pay attention to those little words? So that. Again, I'll say, go, go, go to Matthew 22 and you'll see even the form of the verb is inspired. That form was used. So that is there for a reason. So that. All will honor the Son as they honor the Father. Wait a minute. I'm a Pharisee. He said, what? I'm supposed to honor you like I do God the... You're crazy. To them, this is ultimate blasphemy. Thus, they want to kill him. Okay? Listen, the reason God gives the judgment to the Son is that you would honor the Father or the Son as you do the Father or as they should the Father... We, we learn from Romans 1, they don't. They did not honor him as God. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. So Jesus wants the Son to be honored as God. So that you would honor him as God. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. I was reading a, something off the the website of the Jehovah Witnesses. How they use the same, oh, we believe in Jesus, salvation through Jesus Christ, Christ is Son, but He's not God. 
You better honor him at least the same way that he's God. The Jews said he claimed to be God. But for some reason, Jehovah Witnesses, I guess they skipped that part. I suppose. I don't know. So that. And what's interesting, in this one verse, you have the word honor four times in one verse. I think he's trying to get across the point. Come on. Come on. By the time you told your teenager four times, you about had enough, haven't you? I'm not telling you one more time. He's telling us four times that you have to honor the son as you do the father. He has flipped the tables on the Pharisees that were basically saying to Jesus this, you calling yourself equal to him, you're not honoring God. And he flips it. Literally, if you're not honoring me, you aren't honoring God. Now, you have to ask yourself, though, the word honor, in what way, what does that mean? Now, it does have the idea of worship, but, but I'm going to go somewhere else for you. Since the context here is judgment, he's given the authority to judge to the Son so that you would honor him like you do the Father. Okay? And the beginning of wisdom is what? The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 9.10, also in Psalms 111.10, Proverbs 1.7, Proverbs 14.27, Proverbs 15 and 33. I think he's getting across the point. The fear of God is the beginning of fear of God. Why? Luke chapter 12, verse 5, last half 5. Fear the one who, after he has killed someone, has the power to throw that person in hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. That's Jesus' words. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. One of the reasons we fear God is because what he can do. I mean, let's get it. It's a respectful fear. All right? So there's two sides to that. I fear God because he can send me to hell. But that's also reverential. Why? Because he can send me to hell. In the shootout, he wins. Wait a minute, he gives judgment to the Son, so you'll fear him for the same reason you'd fear the Father, because he's the one that's going to send you there. He's the one that God gives the ultimate right to go into the lake of fire. You're supposed to see Jesus not just as a loving Savior, but the judge of all things. Just like you, let me put it the way. You know that Old Testament God everybody thinks about that's bad, you know, that judges everybody, has no grace. You know, all that he does is strike people dead and inflict them with leprosy or whatever. But we think of God the Father is like he's the God of the Old Testament. God the Son, he's, he's, like, he's like God in the New Testament, and, and he doesn't do that judging thing. Well, you know, God the Father in the Old Testament did the grace thing and the mercy thing. And the God in the New Testament does the grace thing and the mercy thing. And the God in the Old Testament did the judgment thing. And the God in the New Testament does the judgment thing. This time, though, it's in the hands of the Son who does the judgment. Before we want to mock Jesus like the Pharisees, they should be recognizing this. Guys, as you're mocking me, as you're claiming I'm the blasphemer, remember this. I'm going to be the one that judges you. Oh, but we're not supposed to judge one another. Well, Jesus says that's his job. He was given the task by the Father to judge, in particular these that are in front of him. Okay? And then he's got another, truly, truly. This is true. Why? Because I am truth, and I'm telling you. 
Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears, present tense, my word and believes, present tense, him who sent me has, present tense, eternal life, and does not come, present tense, into judgment, but has passed, that is the perfect tense, out of death to life. The perfect tense uh, happened here, is still so here, and is still so here. It continues. It keeps going. Thus, it's eternal. Passed from death to life. It's eternal life. It can, if, it can't, if it doesn't continue, if something can stop it, it was never eternal. Okay? In the present tense, the person who believes... Okay, in, in what Jesus is saying, particularly right here, that he is equal to God, that's the context. I say to you, emphatic, you people listening right here, in this situation where I'm saying I'm equal to God, you have a problem with that. But those who don't have always been, always will have, and right now have eternal life. Now, I know we don't, we don't have that kind of tense, in our language. But this is why it's called the perfect tense in, in Greek. Has been, is, and shall be. Uh, let me put it in another tense you might recognize. I am. Past, present, future. Okay? Those who hear my word, my word in particular in context, is that he is equal to God. If you don't believe that, Jehovah Witness... You haven't passed from death to life. You're still dead, spiritually and in the judgment. Verse 25, truly, truly, let me get this across to you in case you're really thick-headed. I'm telling you this is truth, being truth, therefore it is true, I say to you. The hour is coming and now is. Present indicative, I'm not going to take that apart. Present indicative means, again, we ran into it earlier. It means right now, in this moment, okay? When the dead will hear. How does the dead hear? Future tense. The voice of the Son of God. And those who hear will live. What kind of dead is he talking about? Spiritually dead. You'll see why, because... Time is coming, and now is. Later when he talks about the resurrection, a time is coming, not now where that is. Though, now, there's a time right now, this moment, when the dead will hear. It started now, and it's going to say that the dead, the spiritually dead, will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. Future tense. Four. Man, he's, he's really using that gar. If you never can remember what the word for is in Hebrew, just think of a pirate. Gar. Hey, I'll take what, if that's what it takes for you to remember. For, just as the Father has life in himself. Not as, as the Father brings life. In himself, he is life. The very essence of it. 
Even so, he gave, and that's in the aorist tense. I'm sorry to do this to you, but the aorist means this was done, established fact. It doesn't really reference time. It just is. Okay? Gave to the Son of Man, or to the Son also, to have life in himself. It is the very nature and character of God to live. He cannot not live. And it's same with the Son. That's why the Son didn't die on the cross, not the Son of God, but the Son of Man died on the cross. Okay, But, but wait a minute, the very character and nature of God, the Son has. How in the world do you read this and not think that Jesus is God? I, I don't know. Because it uses Father and Son, I guess that's why. But they don't understand between persons and essence. I'm not going to break that apart. Okay? For just as the Father has life in himself, even so he gave to the Son also to have life in himself. And he gave, aorist tense, him authority to execute judgment. Because he is the Son of Man. Remember, I already brought that up. He's walked in your shoes. He knows. Oh, wait a minute. Remember he said, I did this. This is a, so you would marvel. Be astonished, right? Ready? Next phrase. Do not marvel at this. I thought you said he was doing this thing so you would. And now he's saying, don't be astonished in the negative sense by what I'm saying. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be looking at this and going, that's astonishing. You should, no, no, don't be doing that here because if you're, you're not listening. For an hour is coming. Now, no, now it's not is coming and now is, just is coming. In which all who are in the tombs or the grave, will hear future his voice. Whose? The son's voice. See, when we get to a chapter uh, 9, and there's a dead guy in the grave for four days, it is the voice of the son that calls him out of the tomb. Likewise, it'll be the voice of the son who calls the dead out of their graves. And they will come forth, future tense. Those who did, errors tense, good deeds to resurrection and to life. Now, our question is, how do we define that? Okay, here's a good deed. When it's done for the glory of God, that determines it. You can be a Christian and do good deeds and it not be for the glory of God. It could be self-glory, because you feel sorry for someone, all kinds of reasons, but you're doing it for the glory of of God, that's how the Bible determines what is a good good deed to resurrection of life. So there's a resurrection, just like Jesus resurrected physically. There's going to be a physical resurrection to life. Now, those who committed, errors tense, evil deeds, and I think he uses those two tenses, errors there, because some people, the deeds they're doing, he's speaking of are in the past. Some he's speaking of like yours and mine in the future. It's just who did them, whatever time period it is, is what it did them. The evil ones, resurrection to judgment. Both are resurrected. 
Okay? We tend to think of the resurrection you know, as something just for believers, but I, uh, no, both get resurrected. One resurrected to life. That would be to be with the one who is life himself. Okay? The other, to judgment by the one who is life himself. This is why it's called death. It's being banished, if I could say it like that, from his presence, from knowledge and understanding of any kind of experience of who he is. Okay? Quick lessons, because I've I'm, I'm, I'm got five minutes. Jesus came to do the Father's will. Let me say that again. Jesus came to do the Father's will. Jesus hounds this in chapter 6. But he's setting you up here. I came only to do, do I see the Father doing it. I do it. Okay? He came to do what the Father has shown him, told him to do, and to say. And he, you, that's important because he'll get on that on chapter 6. Okay? He does the Father's will exclusively. He doesn't do human will. Uh, do you want to be healed? Remember when he says this to the guy? Does it not sound like that guy's will? Well, if you didn't want to be healed, there are those who say, Jesus wouldn't have healed him. <laughs> now, he came to do the Father's will, not the lame man's will. The lame man wasn't going to get an option. Let me put it another way. Did Lazarus go, no thanks, I'm not coming out. No, when, when Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, Lazarus goes, uh-huh. Oh, wait until I get there. Wait until I get there. Okay? God gave the Son the authority and the job to judge. Okay? You've got to recognize that Jesus had the job to atone for the sins, okay, of those it's intended to atone for. Common term, the elect. Okay? His chosen. The ones he predestined to do. He, that, he, but he also has another job which is yet to be fulfilled in time to judge. You're, you, when that judgment comes, you're, you're not going to be standing in front of some glowing spirit thing that is God the Father because God is spirit, has not been seen, doesn't have a tangible body, no matter what uh, a ward down the road might teach you. He has no physical body. It's the son with the scars in his hands the, the hole in his side, and, and he's going to look at you and go, did you believe me? Did you hear my words? Did you put your trust in me, or did you mock my wounds? Here, here, look at this. Look, look at my back. So, did, did you mock it? And you just say, well, all religions lead up here. It's him that's going to sit in the judgment seat. In the end of all time, Christ himself will be your judge. Oh, but John, I believe in that, you know, the supreme being God, and we can all get there. Jesus, that same one who's going to be judging, says, no one comes to the Father but through me. Not Buddha. Pick one. That's it. When you say there's a whole bunch of other ways there, Oprah, I mean, uh, the lady on TV, when you say there's all kinds of ways or other preachers, you are mocking the one who's going to judge you and say, who else did this? Thus, the son must be honored just 
like the Father. You don't hold the Son in less regard than the Father. You don't worship the Father more than you do the Son. Why? Because the Father and the Son are one. I know that's hard for you to put your mind around. I understand that. Okay? But it's also hard for me to understand eternity. How long is that? I don't know. It's hard for me to understand that God existed in eternity past before there was any tangible world that we know of. What was he doing? I don't know. I can't grasp that. I can do a little bit on the Trinity. I can sort of grasp it for various analogies we have. But I know this. They are one. Jesus goes on, and you wait till we keep going. He even goes on to say how he and the Father also, in the same way, are. It is foundational. It is absolutely at the core of the biblical truth of salvation that you understand that Jesus is God. Okay? You don't buy that. Uh, Forget it. You're going to stand before him. No, you're not God. You don't have the right to judge me. Well, I'm not going to hold your hand. Because I'm going the opposite direction, if I could say it like that. Not because I deserve it. Because the will of the Son was to give me life. I don't know why. I did not deserve it. I still don't. I, I, I can't fathom why in the room of so many, he goes, you, I give grace and, mer- and I drag you over here. I, 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 uh, all I can do is this. Well, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. That, that's all I can. All I can do is honor him with my words, with my life, with my thoughts, because somehow or another, he chose me. Let's stand. Almighty God, we we stand here today profoundly moved by the words of your Son, Christ Jesus. Father, I pray that those, all of us struggle with these ideas, but I pray that you open our hearts and our minds to receive and believe. It is, it is a work of you, your grace, and the Spirit alone. We, it is not us. I ask you then to open the hearts of those you have sovereignly chose from those in the room. Whoever they are, God, I do not know. I will preach to them all. And let you do the work. God, we honor the Son today as the Son who died on our behalf. But we honor Him also, God, that He arose and He will be our just judge. Today we give Him glory as we do you, O God, Father. Amen. This is Stephen Wilson, and we want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope you were blessed by today's message. Truths from God's Unchanging Word is an outreach ministry of Kindred Bible Church in Caldwell, Idaho. If you would like to listen to other messages by Pastor Randy or learn more about Kindred Bible Church, visit kindredbible.org. Our prayer for you is that you grow closer to Christ as we study the truths from God's Unchanging Word.